Welcome to Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. Join our host, Jacob Koenig, a partner at Woodbridge International, as he gives you the knowledge to navigate complexities, embrace strategic shifts, and prepare you to sell your business with no regrets. At Woodbridge, we know how to give you the wisdom to achieve your ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Jacob Koenig. All right, welcome to the show. Today, our guest is Alexandra Renders. She's the founder and CEO of Willow. Alexandra, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jacob, for having me. So to start off, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about what inspired you to found Willow. Um, you know, how did you oh, find my. courage to break away from the safety of a financial industry job? Uh-huh. I love how you use the word safety. There was no safety. That's why. Mm. At bottom line, I've been in the industry 37 years. I've had my own company for 14. I literally left for my survival. This is the truth. I knew that had I stayed where I was because it was so toxic and I'm such an empathic person. And I will say as a woman who was an executive in a company, I didn't always get treated really well. This is truth. And what had happened to me was I called the tech bubble and the financial crisis. It got out into the, and my clients didn't lose. My most aggressive client when the market was down 60% and the financial crisis was down maybe 11%. And most of them were actually up because I hedged by like 1% because I hedged the market. So um, I needed, I when I joined the company, it was at 70 million. When I left, it was at 700 million. And I only added a half a staff person. They wouldn't, all I wanted was more help. I was their gravy train. I was bringing in so much money for them because my phone, it got to a point, like literally Jacob, I would have a client meeting because the word is out now that I called this, right? I'd have a client meeting and then I'd go back to my office and there would be like 25 voicemail messages. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up. And I, I went home. I was getting home late at night. I was not feeling well. My partner at the time was listening to me complain. And he's like, you're not a complainer. Like, this isn't like you. You've always wanted your own company. What are you going to do about it? And I'm like, what am I going to do about it? He challenged me. And then he spoke my language, right? So I said, you're right. I have always wanted my own company. And at the end of the day, I knew it was about my survival because I would not have whatever reason was going on with me internally. I wouldn't have gotten the recognition and the support that I needed to maintain and go further. So really, it was necessity. That's great. Truly. That's the way you frame that, you know, I think a mm-hmm. lot of entrepreneurial clients uh, have a similar kind of a story, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to do it uh, their way and, and to be able to get that right amount of support and, and build the team around them. That's Mm -hmm. crucial for success. And it's really interesting how you use the word safety because um, I didn't experience safety in corporate America. I didn't. I didn't. And that was unbeknownst to me. I didn't know that that was something I was going to create when I left. I didn't have no idea that I wanted to create a level of safety. That came up years down the road, which I can speak to later. But but yeah. I mean, how nice would it be to be in corporate America and experience safety? And I'm not just talking about job security. I'm talking about emotional safety. I'm talking about like really feeling connected. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And I think uh, you've actually just recently gone through another uh, transaction that might be uh, changing and scary as, as well. So, you know, we'd, when you went uh, to, to go find a, a new partner for your, your company, I'm mm -hmm. curious to hear about, about that experience from start to finish. You know, how did you uh, start the process? What was surprising to you along the way? And uh, and and how are you feeling at, at this point, sort of a month yeah. on after? Uh, yeah, after yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking that. So um, it really came down to, I'm always believing like good coaching and, and all that. And it came down to really what was going to make me happy. And I'm doing more speaking and class like retreats with my husband who's also my coach by the way on helping people bring spiritual principles to capitalism mm -hmm. helping them to bring their true essence as a business owner to their business okay this was the evolution i actually went through when i left corporate america and started my own company i actually had to go through and bring in the true elements of who i am so I realized I'm getting more jazzed and more excited about doing some of this other work, coaching work, than I was doing compliance, managing people, thinking about, mm, do I bring in another salesperson? Do I do like the strategic aspect of me started to wane. Okay. And I started to notice that, like, I still love strategy and I love managing money. That's like my favorite thing to do. And if I could only do that in my job, I would love it. So Pascal, my partner says, well, what, like, why aren't you just managing money and doing everything else that you love? And I'm like, you know, he's right. I write my own script, don't I? I write my own script. I've always been a unicorn. Why not? So in a discussion with my, I gave some shares to one of my um, younger associates a few years ago because he's such a great player. So, you know, team member. And um, he approached, we had a conversation. He said, I'm never going to buy this company. And you're getting, you know, I don't know when you're planning on retiring. And so, you know, what are you thinking? And it was just perfect timing. Mm. And so that, you know, when I really went into the true essence of what I wanted in my life, I knew it was time for me to start to look for options. Right. It was no question about it. And how does that feel? Freeing. Right. Um, because I'm living my truth. Right. You it's, know, it's so hard. It's so great to be able to focus on what you really enjoy doing, you know, and not yeah. to bog down with all the other responsibilities that might come with uh, with running a company. And, you know, it's so interesting because I love I love being a business owner. Don't get me wrong. Like we've, we're going into another business that sings to me. Right. That sings to me. And so what I was able to do was spin off what I love, which is the economic forecasting and managing. So I spun off a part of me that's called the economic intuitive, which is a newsletter right. that's available to people for inexpensive who could get my knowledge yeah. so that they could do it for themselves. So I was able to take what I love and maintain that and still, you know, create this coaching company with my company, my partner, as yeah. well as be able to be, you know, still involved in the company that I've created. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah. And so when you, had this conversation with your associate, you knew what, what was sort of coming up next. And how did you go about looking for a potential partner? Yeah. So um, we have a really strong culture. So what I had to do again was we went through this exercise where I was able to determine like, what are the spoke, what are like the spokes 
for my hub. And so Pascal, uh, my husband, my executive coach, we took each one of those spokes. So one spoke, which is really big for me is culture. Yeah. And so I have to define what about my culture is extremely important. Well, we actually integrate self-development, like self-awareness as part of our culture, as well as love, like really showing up for another in full presence. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is a critical piece. Safety was another piece. So I had to really define what is my culture about? Like, what am I looking for financially? What am I looking for, for my going into my retirement, let's say, you know, was we really put together this wheel and that was my blueprint. This is how I'm going to score every single company that I look at. Absolutely. So we have, you know, we're in the financial advisor industry. I mean, what's so sexy about nothing, but we are a very unique culture. 100% Willow in particular just really stands out for its... It, uh, it exactly. does. Yeah. Yes. Um, because of that, because we have this unique culture, then I decided that whoever comes in, because my associates are very important to me, they've been very loyal to the company, to me. I want to make sure that they are in good position. So I really had to work out what are my priorities. Okay. And then what is my bottom line? So it was like all of those things were in place before I even launched. Yeah, so you knew exactly sort of what you were trying to find in a partner. And and so you were able to go out to an advisor and get their services to help run an auction and find potential, uh, however, how many potential buyers did you end up uh, finding in your case? 47. Wow. No, I I didn't find them. They found me, which is really funny because it was an absolute record. Mm. Um, according to the firm that we work with, it was a record. And I was actually, you know, I was, I guess, I, you know, let's call it a little bit of a premium on my company too, you know? And so, and there were a lot of steps that I also took ahead of time to actually add more value to my company as well. You know, like my average age of demographics, like making sure I have the next generation. So like really understanding my business to know what is going to make it a more interesting. How did you know to do all of that ahead of time? Was it the advice from the no. advisor? No. No, like you know your business, right? I mean, a business owner, like one of the things, let's put it this way. I always feel like the most important thing as a, a CEO, owner of a business, is make sure your unique authentic self is showing up there because if it is the company gets energized by it okay it really does it creates an energy whether you know you can read now all about the science around quantum physics it's real what we put in is what we get out without a doubt so if you're a business owner and you're getting really stale and tired and you can't take it anymore which look at I was there. I know what that's all about. Before I rebranded my company, that was me. And what was the juice? What was the me that I had to insert into the company to make me revitalize? So there's the first place to start. And then the second place to start is to know, like I know competitively, you got to remember, I've been in the industry 37 years. I used to do acquisitions at the bank. Like, what was it was I was always looking for when I was looking to buy something or if I like was looking to acquire a new, uh, let's say, new business development officer, what did I want? Well, I wanted them to be, you know, to have a young book 
not an old seasoned book that might, you know, be not here in five years. And I wanted to make sure they, they sealed in their relationships. So they had a really good relationship with the family, not just the parents, but where that next generation was going. I knew the points and I know the points in this business that are really important. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's it's a lot of the times we hear the sob stories of the people who are out there on their own and, and they're just contacted by one buyer. When you have one buyer, you have no buyers. That's what we like to say. And <laughs> at Woodbridge, we like to run an auction process, again, at, with as many potential buyers as possible. And we've We've had as many as uh, as 120 bids on on a company before, so that's you know, beautiful. know a bit about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's wonderful. Having those options, that's going to put you in a place where you can actually find not only the highest bid to get that premium, but also the right fit. And I think yeah. in your case, you actually did go with a with a company that was not necessarily the highest bid. No, it wasn't. And the thing is, but it wasn't too far off. And it was definitely like when I looked at all my spokes, which was the career path for my employees, mm-hmm. making sure that they had a really, and they do, they all have this amazing career path, all of them. So that made me very happy. They culturally, this is the thing that really, really sold me on this company. We have a very unique culture in that um, I require people to do their inner work (laughs) and I pay for it. Okay. I pay for their self-development. I pay for it. If I had like, it's showed up in so many amazing ways and it has created such a cohesive, well-adjusted group. Mm. You know, one of the things that I wanted on my want list, my desire list would that whatever company was interested in us would do a team building day that is unlike any team building day they've ever done. And that means like literally standing in a room and having a conversation about how did it start? I can't even tell you because Pascal ran it and it was amazing. It was an all day thing. And this is what sold me on the acquisition or the acquisition a merger with this company partnership. They wanted to do this. Hmm. They sat in that room with us. They wanted to be there and they showed up in full presence And some people were crying. I mean, like that to me showed me they were the perfect fit for me. It wasn't even a question. Right. To find those people who are like-minded and able to carry on the the culture of the company. That's that's super important. It's super important because they already have, like, you could already tell that they have that deep caring and it's already there. And even a sense of, they even created a sense of safety in their organization. I really feel that. And like I said, that is not something you typically see. For sure. So, mm-hmm. was this team building process was that fairly early on in the post LOI? It was. It, believe it or not, was before I even signed the LOI. Wow, that's a great mm-hmm. idea. Actually, mm-hmm. wait a second. Did I hold on? Wait, wait. Did I sell the LO, Did I sign the LOI? No, I sold signed the LOI. Sorry, that yeah. was done. But I didn't sign any of the other stuff yet. So it was was just from LOI to, to the other, yeah, the AMA. And that made the process a lot smoother. It made it a lot smoother because we got to know them intimately. Yeah. Like, like what who are they really? Like, can you really know these people? Like for me, I can't be around false pretense pretenses. I can't even have clients who are living in false pretenses. Right. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't pretend. There's not a bone in my body that can do that. And there was nothing in that room with all of the partners. And what Pascal did is he had them not only bring the partners, but some of the employees 
who would be involved because this is emerging. We are going to be together for a while, yes. you know? So, yeah. So it really, oh my gosh, it was, um, that was it for me. I knew driving away. I mean, once you have that emotional connection with with the potential partner, then you have a situation where if something arises in diligence or, you know, an economic point, otherwise, it's so much easier to have conversations and and work through it. Totally. Totally. I was a dream client for the broker. Let me tell you, (laughs) they even said so. They said this is the easiest acquisition or like merger that they ever did. And it's the easiest um, everything, like in terms of like integration and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, as as someone who's been involved in in guiding individuals in their own journey and financial and and personal success, I I bet you can shed some light, not only on your own, but on some of the other potentially clients that you've had who've had a similar kind of experience. Oh yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I have many business owner clients who, Mm -hmm. you know, small businesses. And and like I said, been doing this 37 years. And I always know when someone is actually ready to sell. I always know. And I always know when they're not, when are they really ready to give up the control and when are they not? And the one thing that I have to say always Are you ready to give up control? Are you ready to know that they are not going to do things the way you do things? Mm -hmm. Are you ready and are you willing to surrender to that? Because if you are not, they will never do it the way you want them to do it. It's never going to happen. You're two different people with two different cultures and two different, you know, so always know, like prepare yourself to know, are you ready to give up that control? Because I'm now in a partnership with Mm -hmm. a bunch of other people. Okay. I was my own. And then I brought on an associate as a partner, but I was still the the majority shareholder. So the biggest question you have to ask is, are you ready to give up control? And if you are truly ready to give up control, then sit with what that actually means. No, it's absolutely true. And and one of the things we always advise all of our new clients, we we bring in for a two-day management meeting training, we call it getting ready to sit down and have those conversations with the, with the potential suitor. And one of the things that we always stress is, is to not play up your own role in the company. If, if you're too important to the company, then a buyer is going to say, well, how can I run it when you're gone? Right. So, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And then, and of course, unless you're like, I'm staying on with my company and, you know, I think we have a really nice understanding of what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And so, I mean, you can always like, when you have that nice open dialogue, you can create, I was able to create what I want. I was really clear what I wanted. I was clear. Right. And that's really key. Absolutely. It's really key. How do you find that clarity in, in other people? You know, what is the giveaway if someone's ready or, or not ready to give up that control? Look at bottom line. I'm not to just say the coaching that I did, you know, get an executive coach, get through this, like get, yeah. first of all, like recognize there's, there is an emotional aspect to having your own company. There's so many layers there. There's the emotional aspect. There's the ego, like, you know, us, the pride aspect. There's the control aspect. Let's face it. A lot of us CEOs love control. I love control. I'm not going to lie. I love being the one in charge. I love, like, I love having a company that I manage. I like managing money and setting the course. And that's true to me. That's true. So in that light, I had to say, if I were to affiliate with someone, what do I have to hold on to? 
So there are some cases, I don't know if you have this, where you have people who have to transition over five years. It's not an outright sale, right? So, yeah, so I would just say like to anyone making this consideration, please look at yourself, look at all the layers. Don't just look at the company. Here it is. This is the box. There's, it's so much more than that. Like what kind of loss will you experience? internally what types like how much of your self-identity is built into what you've done for so long and will you lose a piece of that how is that affecting you where is your fear there's so much and and if you could do a lot of that work as you're going through the process when the time comes you can sign with absolute confidence and and it doesn't have to be like Oh, thank God this is over. Like, here's the company, like, because I'm so burnt out, you know, like, because that's also a bad way to let go of something. That is a piece of you that needs to be honored Mm. that you've created. So, yeah, it's so true. And, And a lot of the times these types of emotional and ego issues, you know, they pop up in the transaction. Otherwise, and it might come out in a weird way. It might come out yeah. as like, suddenly, it comes out uh, sideways. Suddenly I need another million dollars. They're like, well, yeah. do you need another million dollars or are you just sort of not ready? Uh, have you not gone through some of that, you know, emotional work? Yeah. And not just like the fear of the financial. I mean, let's face it. Like when you look at the major fears in life, it's death, it's financial, right? You know, like, I mean, you, you get your top ones in there. It's the loss of a loved one. I mean, it's, the, you you have like, certain fears that are at the high end of the list well address it like do you have a fear of lack if you sell your company and if you do like address that where is that coming from you know so yeah it's just it's staying in a total awareness I think and it's not easy Hmm. but it's advisable if you want to have what you really want you know I've heard you speak before about the importance of of being a highly competent communicator especially around conflict. And I think that's, yeah. it's a crucial trait in the financial industry. And, and here at Woodbridge, we always aim to tackle issues head on, not beat around the books. Yes, yes. So I love that. You know, I'm <laughs> curious to hear a bit more about how you and, and your team utilize these skills and, and what advice. Oh, yay. I'm so, you're asking such good questions. Thank you for asking that. Um, so uh, I'm going to give you a perfect example. I had an employee, still have an employee, who is a star, like on so many levels, she just knows how to do the work. She's very smart. You know, she she really has a lot on the money. However, every time I went in to ask her to do something, there would be like this pushback. Like, you know, it's not my, I don't know how to do that. Like there would be like this deep anxiety Okay, like, you know, in any other situation before I was self-aware, I'd be like, well, you're going to fucking do it. I mean, you're you're going to do this, you know, I would be like, it wouldn't say it, but it would be like, so like, I'd be like, well, too bad, you know, because it was just like a very uncomfortable thing for me. Hmm. Once I became very aware, I realized that she was experiencing some form of anxiety. And because I grew up with a mother who was highly anxious, I was having a reaction to her, okay? So like in other situations, I can think of when I was in corporate, I would see people get fired for that because people would look at them as being obstinate, right? Once I realized what she was up against, thankfully the the executive coach was in the office next door that day. So we went over to him and we sat down. Once I realized like, wait a second, 
because we started to kind of get into it a little bit. And then I realized like I was having some sort of visceral reaction. And so we immediately sat down and we worked it through and it came down to, you know, some trauma she experienced in the past. And of course, my background of my mother and she just happened to be with a trauma specialist who dealt with that for her. And I realized where mine was coming from. So it dissipated. And now I have this like literally star athlete. Okay. Like literally anybody would be lucky to have this person on their team, period. It seems like a period. lot of people that ability to self-reflect and to, to yes, anybody would be lucky to have her on their team, period. No right. matter what. Right. So it's like here now, I like I have goosebumps here. Like I, this could relationship could have been perished, sure. but instead it was like about self-reflection and it was about, she was willing to self-reflect because of the culture that we have. And we just happened to be lucky that our executive coach was in the office that day. And we were able to actually process through it like that. Yeah. And had it, you know, not been worked on, it would have just been there in the background festering and getting worse. So exactly. I mean, totally. And I'll admit that's happened to me at other points in my career where things have gotten worse and toxic and all kinds. It's not in my company, but in other companies, yeah, it's gotten toxic. So, you know, I mean, so, you know, conflict is going to come up always. Yeah, and in deal making, you know, we constantly are, are seeing conflict. It's it's one oh of those gosh. things that uh, it's it's inevitable, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to to look at it and and see what's really behind it, and mm-hmm. being able to address those points head on as well. That's I think the the key really to to successful. Trust me, it's oh my god, I couldn't work any other way. Well, I feel bad for the people sometimes because I call things out. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, but you also have that. <laughs> where you can openly talk about it and, and work through it. So I think that's... Yeah. And the company that we now decided to affiliate with um, and partner with, you know, they are so... It's seamless and easy conversations. Very. And um, anything that's, you know, we got to a point where, you know, before we even finished signing the deal, we were just working with each other on like finishing up the negotiation, what I needed and all that kind of stuff, because by that time it was an open conversation. So yeah, it was very good. Excellent. Well, Alexander, yeah. that was all um, that I had prepared here for today. Is, Thank is there you. anything else that you would like to share with our audience? I think the most important thing that I will say is don't be, you know, when you're trying to add value to your organization, please bring yourself into the equation, like discover who you are because your company is a signature of you. And so many of us are just hiding who we are. Like the masks literally have to come off, literally. And when you do that, it adds an element to your company that makes it really valuable. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I would say. Thank you so much for that. I think that that's uh, a message yeah. that really resonate with, uh, with our audience. Mm-hmm. Alexandra, thanks so much for joining us today. That was Jacob, so- you're welcome. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guest and their insights. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.